All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Coming in hot is presented by Botano. The game starts now. Here are your hosts, Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan. Good morning, everybody. Brent Wallace alongside Jason York and Bobby Ryan, uh, two guys who don't make the same money as Jake Sanders. <laughs> right into her. That's a uh, thanks for that tips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a pretty good deal for Jake, but we'll get to it later in the show. I promise. Yeah. All right. Um, well, Wally. Yeah, buddy. What the hell is that on your? What's what? What are you? Oh, that's wearing? my name tag. That's uh, employee of the month, September nineteen ninety. Says my name. When I worked at Canadian Tire, come on, <laughs> yeah, you still have, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, why would that's like the only award I ever won except the participation badge? <laughs> well, it's a shame you're not now. They give them out everywhere, they, everywhere they have a hundred of them. <laughs> Everyone gets a freezy and some orange slices now. Hey, everybody's everybody's a winner. <laughs> All right, we have people off right out of the get go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Welcome to the show. We have Cheryl Pounder standing by, and we'll get to her in one sec. Um, we will discuss lots going on. Uh, we didn't plan on this Jake Sanderson deal last night, but we were going to talk D. Uh, we'll do that. We'll get to uh, women's hockey. Uh, we also have some questions for Cheryl uh, to see if she's awake this morning. Uh, so I appreciate everybody stopping by. And now uh, let's welcome in one of the best uh, voices and minds in all of hockey, uh, Cheryl Pounder. Little uh, world champion, Olympic star. 
<laughs> I could go on, but you're but you're the voice of EA Sports now for hockey. Mm. Where does that rank? Oh, that's you know what, Wally. It, it was kind of surreal how it all came about. But I can certainly tell you, for once in my life, my kids find me cool. And, and I did this when they, when I had the opportunity to interview for the job, and I spoke to them, and they're like, "Mom, you've got to do this. You've got to do this." And so it fizzled out pretty quick when I started recording, and they'd come home from school, and you know they had to be quiet because I was sitting in, in a little bit of a phone booth down in my basement, and they could hear me yelling, uh, you know, goal calls or whatever it might have been, uh, and it would come through, and, and they couldn't even watch television upstairs. So there was that. And now, of course, with the game coming out, now I'm cool again because there's a request list for all their friends. Uh, how many games that I can get for free? So I don't even know if I get any for free, but I got to try. Nice. <laughs> That's incredible. incredible. I, uh, I got to ask out of curiosity, how does, the, how does that go send you a script and you kind of read through every single line till you get it right for them? Right for them? You, you know what? No. So it is, it's so different. So essentially what happens, which is, which is what you have to wrap your head around. And Ray Ferraro had mentioned this to me is that there's no visual in front of you, first of all. Okay. So imagine as an analyst, you don't have your eyes. So you don't have your sight lines. So as an analyst, you're looking for trends. You're looking for the play before it happens. Once it's happened, trying to break it down after it happens. And in this scenario, they basically just give you one. So, Puck is shot wide, go. And you have to think, be creative, envision the situation in your brain. But if you are too descriptive and you, you're envisioning something like, yeah, it's a toe drag, he pulls it outside the dot. And, he, and if you say he, you start over because we may not know the gender of the athlete. And then, of course, if I say, you know, he steps outside the dot or, you know, he delays, they're like, well, we don't, we don't know that he did that. Oh, man. So it has to be more generic. Did so you put, without a visual, it, it's actually, it's actually to be pretty creative. And then you have to fill the buckets, what we call them, in order to have, you know, different scenarios or, or, or different ways in which it's said, because otherwise it'll be too repetitive. That's so in terms of a script, I do have certain scenarios that, that Ray would have said in those instances, um, but you don't, you don't read them. Okay. That's impressive. So it's, it's, impressive. it's really yeah. a different way of thinking. And there's, in terms of analysis, it's not like you're looking at something and breaking it down. You're trying to think on your feet about what that play might look like in that moment, even though you can't see it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did you put yeah. any extra emphasis on the Sens names? Oh, oh, I was, you know, I, the way the energy that I put into Stutzla, like you guys oh. would have loved it. Uh, <laughs> you know what the thing is? Is that your energy has to match. So what they do is, it, it's not like I can say, you know, I know that Stutz is playing in the moment, so I can't be like, oh yeah, I mean, he is so dynamic. That puck is like a string on him. He can shift left to right. Look how he opens up ice. It, it's not like that because I can't individualize it. So you right. have sort of a phone book where you have to read all of the names, but the energy has to be consistent to what you said in your content because they have to stitch it together. So you didn't do Sanderson. I'm like, and then my content goes in, right? It, it doesn't match. You can tell yeah. that it's been stitched. So it has to flow seamlessly where you would never know that those were two separate recording sessions where they've stitched the names or the community name or the team name to the content. What's the one <laughs> name that you didn't like to say? 
one name I didn't like to say. Yeah, or that. Well, I, I, you know, the women are in up. the game now. So I played for Canada. So I, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to uh, open that whole ball of wax. But yeah, there was a few <laughs> where you're like trying to get it out. And you're like, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well, congrats. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, yeah. It's always fun when the kids get excited with whatever the parents do. Because usually, like, same for me. I, I would interview all kinds of athletes. And then one time I got to meet Flo Rider and they were like, oh, my God, you're so cool. Yeah, it didn't give a it, shit about what I did. It it really is. It, it it's surreal. It's it's really neat, and I'm recognizing now how big this gaming community actually is. You know, I played yes. Atari, guys. Like I'm old, so I had. You know, I was a champion at Frogger, and I was. <laughs> I, I'm still the Pac-Man World Champion. I might add. At the Olympic Winter Games, I was the Pac-Man World Champion. Where there's see Cheryl, Sh Cheryl. I always thought Miss Pac-Man was better. It, it, oh, oh no, absolutely. Right. So I, I should clarify. <laughs> Miss Pac-Man. So yeah. two things. So I, I really enhanced my skills, how quickly I could maneuver that joystick when I was at university, because we had a tabletop at, at the bar that we used to go to. So you could sit your beer down on the actual tabletop and go head to head to any challengers while you were drinking. So that really worked for me. Yeah. So then when I finally got to the national team in the Olympic Winter Games, they had an arcade. And the only treatment that I needed was the blisters that were on my hand. <laughs> from maneuvering uh, this joystick so that I could retain my, my, my Olympic champion, as I called it, in the arcade. After I won the gold medal at some point, too, I was back in there uh, trying to make sure that I didn't lose my positioning. <laughs> That's amazing. That's pretty good. That's, amazing. That's pretty good. <laughs> they, actually um, used to, they actually used to have, Cheryl, I think you and I are around the same, same age. They had the one, speaking of the Olympics, they had the one video game where you could compete in all the Olympic events too or you had to get both hands going to pick up speed i'm trying to remember what that uh, name of that game was but anyways we're dating ourselves here yeah we are yeah. dating ourselves but yeah i don't remember that one uh i think it was galaga though that was the simultaneous oh. game that was on miss pac-man when we were at the olympics so i'd have people waiting behind me to get on and play oh. i think it was cats campbell pascal's favorite game so you know people would be waiting and i'd like i'm not i'm not giving up this 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 machine Galaga so was awesome. Was Galaga, was, Galaga was incredible. Bob, Bobby's like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you guys played Pong too, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won more for Bobby Orr. One of the reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is going to ruin my last question of the day, which I was going to say, do you have any hidden talents? But we now are just figured out what it is. Um, yeah, Pac Man. I, I would like to think I'm good at karaoke, but I'm actually terrible at it. Um, I just, I just enjoyed it when I was young, um, without a voice. So you can only imagine what that looks like. But the dance moves do come out at certain times of the evening. But uh, you know, I was a sure. late warmer and flash dance girl. But then again, we're 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 dating ourselves back to the <laughs> Maniac. So I don't think I need to go there either. Uh, yeah. Well, we did we did yeah. this last week. We all did. We all said what our song would be if we were going to do a karaoke. So what's yours? What's your go-to? Well, I, I, I'm certainly fashioned by right now by Gloria and uh, Flashdance. But when, when they come on, of course, Journey, I, I wait right till the very end, guys. So Journey, you know, when the clothes and the lights are coming on. Um, it, it, it's interesting. I, uh, I, I, I bust it out. Yeah. I do remember doing uh, You've Lost That Love and Feeling when I was young. But oh. unfortunately, he turned yeah. me down. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay uh we're moving on to some sense chatter now uh 
everybody's like, what is she talking about? Uh, I, know what she, I know what she's talking about. Listen, it's uh, everybody here all covers the team, all knows the players. Cheryl, I'm going to get your f- opinion first. Jake Sanderson signed his monster deal last night, put some uh, going into next season. He'll be uh, the third highest paid player on the team. They lock up. They now have eight guys on their roster locked up, four forwards, 3D, and Jonas Corposello as a goalie uh, until 2026, 27. Uh, can you tell me what you think of the deal for Jake Sanderson? Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of Jake Sanderson. So I think this is great. And, and, you know, of course you're always going to have people say, oh, he's played 77 games and, you know, don't you need more of a window and, and what would you pay him? Even if you had a fantastic year, would have you been in around the eight anyway? But for me, I, I mean, the Senator's blue line has been lean in the past. And this is the one area in particular uh, where there's been constant question marks around making sure there's a, a solid top four, making sure that this is a group that can not only play in their end, but activate offensively. And you've got a guy here who came into the NHL, and I can honestly tell you as a, a former defender, just watching him in the eyes for detail, that you he makes it look easy. And so when you have a skater who's dynamic, who's mobile, who can move the puck and makes it look easy in his first year, it's incredible. I mean, playing in all situations, um, whether you're on the PK at the end of the year, on the power play, and you're talking about a guy that can gap up, that can track back, knows where to be defensively, in my opinion. And so he's got all of the elements. And so for, for fans who don't watch the Senators as often, I can understand where you could look from the outside and say, wow, that is, that's a whopper of a contract. But with the cap going up, with all the guys that you've secured, and for me, he is just so solid. And in terms of defenders coming into the NHL, you know the pace of game and, and transitioning in. It is, the, it is such a difficult position to transition into because inches can mean you get burned. The way your toes turned and your stick is, just the minor details that can have a huge impact on your defensive game and how you activate. And yet this guy managed that. And so for me, this is a no-brainer in terms of you needed him, you needed to, to lock him in. I think it sends a very clear message to your room and your core that this is what we're building with. And so I, I think he's fantastic. And I think, you know, it's only going to be an upswing from here, from here. Like, I mean, he came into the NHL's first time. So uh, to me, it's, it's only elevating from here. Yorkie, you're the second best D on the panel. Cheryl, so you, 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 you did a lot of games last year. I, I know you watched them closely. And I think you hit the nail right on the head there. You think you should have got more love in that, in that Calder? Because he's one of those players, as you just mentioned, you really got to watch him, and you can't just look at the stats. But would you, would you have given him some more love for the, uh, for the Calder? Absolutely, I would have. And, um, you know, it, when you look at the game, I mean, we, you know, we see in this game, we see the numbers, right? We see um, the points and they will come. I mean, I think his offensive game is, is going to come in particular on the blue line where I, I think he can maneuver and manipulate it very well. But it's also going to be his exit pass that I think he's going to jump in from. Um, so for me, absolutely. Because often we, we, we see, you know, that big shot or we see the flash. This guy is steady, and, and that is so hard to find in today's NHL, especially coming in where a guy can, can manage the defensive side of the game first. And so for me, absolutely. Again, I, I'm, I'm more of looking at a sort of a complete defender, and I would say that uh, he should have been part of that conversation. Cheryl, do you know what, and, and I remember 
I remember some of the highlight packs you did last year, and it's something I always watch. When, when defensemen first come into a league, they get the puck and they want it off their stick as quickly as possible. They put it up the, they put it up the boards. They just go to their partner. You remember some of those plays, some of those escape moves where he oh, would have it and just do a spin escape, and they're like, all right, there's no other young defenseman in the league that's doing those things right now. But those things, like you said, those don't show up on the stats. No, they don't. And I think, you know, structure from a structure perspective, defensively, we could talk about that for this ends, but in terms of how he created space for himself and, and really those escape moves, that's what they're doing, right? You have to have the poise and the confidence to recognize where your opponent is, where the pressure, what side it's coming from and not panic with that puck and fire it away. And so you have to have a confidence, sort of an internal confidence. And, you know, coming into a league or it doesn't matter what league or what team you're on, whether it's a national team or you're coming into a rep team and you're, you know, you're 15 years of, old, of age for the first time, you know, that the, the angst that goes with that. And, and this, this guy has this sort of what sense it is to be able to do those moves. Not only do you have the skating ability and the edge work, I think there's a heavy, heavy IQ there. And I don't yeah. think that he gets enough credit for his IQ and how he possesses that puck. And so when you pull off an escape like that, you've created space. Now all of a sudden you've given an opportunity for your forward group or your partner to jump to an area where now that puck can be moved. And so now you can gain speed. Now you can get exits. Now you can transition. And so his transition game to me, because of that, um, I think that I'm looking at a future for him that we really aren't sure where that ceiling is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's out of out of the realm for the number one defenseman here in a year. Um, I, I think it, I mean he's clean as close. I mean you'd have to have a conversation about it last year, wouldn't you guys? I mean, yeah. you know, no disrespect. I've always been taught. I've talked a lot about Shabbat and and the way he can manipulate the offensive blue line, all of those different things. But again, you know, I I think you could have in, in many different areas had a good conversation around who was your best last year, and now going into this year. Um, with an elevated confidence, having a year under his belt, having this group, this core in front of him. I mean, get him the puck, right? Get these guys the puck. And that's got to be the biggest thing because this is a group that certainly can possess the puck, possess it on entry, hold it, make plays uh, through the middle of the ice and, and, and fire at home. I mean, there's a ton, ton here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is. Why are we so hard on Thomas Shabbat, Cheryl? <laughs> You know, I think expectation, don't you think? I mean, you know, anytime you sign a big contract and, and you're coming in um, with all the cloud around him like he has, and there's expectation. And let's face it, you've, you've been on a very, very lean blue line coming in for him. And so having to do more likely than, than anyone should probably coming into a team. So sometimes you can try and do too much. And I think that, you know, that can happen. I mean, obviously he's a fantastic skater. I love the way he comes up the middle of the ice when he's confident, the way he can be deceptive on the blue line. But sometimes, and where I think Sanderson is, has been really efficient, is sometimes simple is best. And sometimes just moving that puck, seeing it, doing it, um, giving, giving the puck to what and who's available, not always looking for a better option or another option. And, and sometimes that's the best thing. So not overthinking a play. And so for me, you know, he, he's an excellent, he's, he's certainly going to, he's a staple on your blue line. You know that you've got a, a strong four there. Um, but again, it, it's more who's going to really drive the offense. And I think the offense comes from how you manage your own end. Wally, everyone, Wally, Ottawa loves having a whipping boy, though. Since there's always yep. been somebody, you go back to 
when Redden was with the team, he was a whipping CC. boy. CC, poor Cody got it. And now look at him. He's in Edmonton having a great time there, just doing his job. But hey, Cheryl, just seems Canadian cities love to have a whipping boy. Yeah, it's, it, you know, you're passionate about your team. Uh, so whenever you have someone who you're, you're relying on, and of course, the minutes that he's played, I mean, you got to look at what he has done in terms of that too, and what he's been asked to do over the past few seasons. So yeah, I think there's always going to be a, a scapegoat, if you will. You know, everyone needs to be accountable, including him. But at the same time, I think there's typically always going to be someone. You know, in his in his defense a little bit, you know, there were a number of plays that I had marked last year, the very beginning um, and the previous season, where they should have wound up as goals. Uh, so we made yeah. a play off the back that didn't really, you know, didn't turn into a goal, um, but it would be generated. So again, anyone can hit a little bit of a rut. Um, you know, there's pressure there too, you know, Anderson's coming in. I think there's, I think there's a number of different elements where you just got to find the pieces and, and, and really be synchronous. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Um, you know, harmonious in it and find a way to work as a group together. But I, I think this has got a real good feel to it, uh, this back end right now. It's certainly, I mean, imagine guys when we were talking a year ago, um, before you got Chikrin, uh, what we were looking at. And Alex Anderson is in, I think it's pr looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. Is Eric Brandstrom in your top six? Oh, come on. Careful, Cheryl. I throw it out there. A lot of Branchise fans are listening. Yeah, you know what? I would say I, I thought he, his game came a long way last year. Uh, I think, you know, again, for him, I think there's a style that he has to play that can't be taken away from him either. And so, you know, he is very good at jumping through the middle of the ice. I think he's very good. Um, obviously, when he's on his onside, you know, he, he can make plays. He can come up the middle of the ice. He can create. He can activate. He can jump. So for me, you know, that's how I see him. I see him exiting through the middle of the ice. Obviously, he wants to get off the, off the wall if, if I'm him. Uh, so I think that, you know, getting out of his own zone, I think that's big. I think when you're talking about defense, I mean, I thought he did a better job of defending with his feet. Obviously, he doesn't have the size. So you have to use your dynamic ability and your skating ability to defend with your feet. I thought he did a better job of that, trying not to outmuscle guys, taking penalties, using his feet. So, again, I, I think he's a puck mover. And if he moves it and they allow him to play in that realm, I think he's he's part of the six. But when I look at someone like Clevin and JVD, I mean, Clevin's mean and tough. And, and uh, you know, you, you, need, you need those pieces too. So it's a matter – of, of what they're looking at here um, for that third pairing. Hey, Cheryl, I'll give you, we, we discussed this last year, all kinds of opinions. Fast forward, Ottawa's a playoff team. You got that top four, Zub, Sanderson, Shabbat, Chikrin. You comfortable with Brandstrom in a, in a heavy playoff series playing in your bottom pairing? Probably not. Um, yeah. You know, and again, it, it, it's, it's about... The, the physicality of the game. So you have to be very, very quick. You have to process quickly and move that puck quickly, which means you got to get back to it first. And so I think he's, if, if he's going to be part of this, and if you see this as a group, I do think you can, you can likely have one. Like I think you can have a smaller guy, but he has to have feet. He has to be quick with the puck. He has to anticipate and skin real fast. And so if he can show that decision-making, getting back to that puck first, moving it quick, all of those different elements, 
you know, there's the question mark. Um, yeah. Because it's all, I mean, puck movement, you know how much play is, is, is below that goal line and net front and along the wall. It is just so hard and heavy when you get to those playoffs. Yeah. Finding the middle of the ice, you know, people are fighting for it. Teams are fighting for it. So, so much more happens down below and that's where you need that heaviness. And so there is a big, there is a question mark around that. I agree. So you, is that D good enough to be a playoff contending top six, seven? I think you have to see. I think. Now you should just say corporate Salah will be the difference. Cause if you have a great goaltender or a guy that stops the puck, then everybody looks good. Well, yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah. And guys, how you play defense matters too. And yeah. I'm not just talking about defense. I'm talking about the structure of the entire yeah. six that are on the ice. And I think that's been an issue for the Sens in the past. It's not just about, oh yeah, okay, we were we were lean or we were weak down below the goal line. I mean, the way that they, you know, the odd man rushes early in the year and, and those kind of things, tracking back, knowing who to have, the structure around the D zone isn't just the D. And so I think that's a big element in, in what kind of coverage there is uh, collectively, not just in the group of six that are back there. Um, it's it's got to be a whole buy-in, whether it's your center low. I mean, what, what are you playing uh, to be able to protect the middle? And in particular, in, in the playoffs, it's critical, right? You want to push to the to the perimeter. Um, so obviously, you look like a team like Vegas, you know, you got the leverage, you got the sticks, you got the steering, you got the bodies to push to that outside, close, and squeeze. And so, again, I think it's tough. Uh, you know, I think you need a little heavier uh, D set, um, demanding physically, make you pay to get to the middle of the ice, um, leave you thinking when you get to the crease. Uh, you need toughness. You need mean. I think you need mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, um, because anytime someone wants to come down the middle, you got to make them think. And yeah. if they want the middle of the ice, you got to make them pay. And I think that the senators still need more of that. Yeah, yeah. Cheryl, sorry, go ahead. We sticking on the D here, Wally? Yeah, I was just going to say, after feels like four years, why can't Ottawa figure out how to play in its own end? Yeah. That's a good question. I haven't been following you for a total of four years, so I, I can't go back that far. Um, you know, It's all the same every year. It doesn't matter. Just pick yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and again, I think, too, this is a young group that will also, will also and has, I think, made strides in tracking back with a purpose because yeah. sometimes the communication is is critical anytime you know you're tracking back and in d zone so for me it's it started you know your defense starts in the offensive zone right so people always look at you know okay well we fell apart once we were in well I'm looking at all three zones if I'm looking at their defense, because from an offensive perspective, where are they in transition, you know, in terms of what they're giving up? And then so we find out we're tracking back. Why are there gaping holes and, and guys left alone because they're tracking back to the same player? How often have we seen them track back to the same player? And so now all of a sudden down low, there's a two on one down low, guys wide open. So there's the difference between just winning the board battle and having, you know, your second quick coming in and jumping on the puck, or there's the off the rush play. And so a lot of it to me has started off the rush. And then once they're in, you know, everyone's scrambling. So again, I think there's, there's three zones that you have to look at in defense and it's not just the defensive end, if that yeah. makes yeah. any Total sense. sense. And, um, so for me, I'd be looking at 
all three three areas and then of course structure and, and uh communication to me is a big one and and at the end of the day you got to still be able to play some one-on-one hockey in, in battle yeah. Yeah. Something you just always- said that really stuck out to me was Yorkie. How many times did we show clips last clips last year? We're asking us to break down, break oh, the D zone, and yeah. it was guys coming back in the track and over tracking yeah. and tracking yeah. to double ups. And maybe your first guy's late, but your job is not to correct his mistake. You're compounding and making another one that's because- going to shoot three passes down the line. And <laughs> and I think you hit yeah. the nail on the head. They they double up and they over track all of the time well someone someone decides to oh i gotta go there because you know someone's lost their man or overtracked or or aren't there so then they do but then another one does as well the, the one that you know was the late one or tracked back incorrectly now someone has already filled in they've recognized but then they jump back as opposed to saying using that iq okay well now i have to adjust now because someone just jumped there and so it's 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 breaking the ice into different areas um, and recognizing where's the threat and how much of a threat is it? How much time do I have to get to that player? And so for me, a lot of the plays that I marked and, and once you're in zone and you don't have coverage off the rush, you're screwed yeah. because yeah. now all of a sudden they're getting a good look. They get a good shot rebound. Now everyone's pushing for a retrieval. So now everyone's pulled outside the middle of the ice. Mm-hmm. So once you're pulled outside of the middle of the ice, you expose the middle of the ice. And so if you're not first to that puck, so I think a lot of it has to have is that tracking back element. And, and again, that was in my, the games that I did for the senators in particular early and the previous season, I was noticing a lot of it off the rush in terms yeah. of marking. And then, yeah. you know, once you're settled in and you get a dump in and, and you know, you, you can, you know, you're having pressure and making your reads, that's a whole other, you know, structure. Uh, but for me, again, that, that was a big, big element um, when, I, when I've been doing games. Yeah, we, we, we talk about it all the time. Bobby and I used to try and do some plays. And it was amazing, show. You mentioned the middle of the ice. Like, it just seemed, like, I, I hate man-on-man. I, yeah. So many things can go wrong in man-on-man. But when things went wrong, I was like, where is the middle of the ice? It's wide open. It, it just... And it's sometimes you overwork and you remember, Bobby, we showed some of the plays of the forwards going up to the point up the boards instead of through the middle and, and, and the D would chase around the forward, get beat, no layers. It just, it just seemed like it was chaos at times. Yeah. And, and, and you know what it's like when you're in the pressure cooker and you, you know, yeah. I always say, I say to my young athletes, actually, like you can over try, you know, because sometimes you're over trying and then you don't see and yep. you become a little bit puck focused. And I think that's also a product. Sometimes when we're younger too, you know, the moment we turn our toes, veterans in this league are smart enough to recognize where those holes are and those seams are. So just the, the positioning of our feet matter. So where we're seeing, um, how are we set up and how are we looking at that coverage when we're off of the puck? So when we're not on it, how are we looking? How are we watching? Where's the placement of our feet? And so, again, all of those things, the stick positioning, leading, leading with that stick and, 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 and how we're taking away a seam. So all, all of those things, as opposed to tracking to one side of the ice mm-hmm. um, and just because you're getting drawn in a little bit. And in this game, in, in this fast paced puck moving game, um, which is just so fast nowadays, it, you you make these little mistakes where you've overcompensated or undercompensated, and, and, and these athletes, they, 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 these players, find those holes, and it winds up in the back of your net. Um, and uh, you know, the Sens obviously, you know, didn't get the greatest goaltending to start the year. Health, of course, is an issue, but so you didn't have a goaltender that could come up with those point blank saves, which a lot of the time 
it was pretty glaring that, you know, the yeah. ask was tough too when the be, coverage is lost happy. and they're sitting in the slot for a point blanker. So well, that's, that's a, brings us exactly, brings us exactly to go because uh, we can talk about the most boring position in the defensive zone forever. But um, we were, we were wondering and we've talked about it a little bit, but to get the, the expert opinion, what do you think of Salo? Is he the answer in that for, for the next four, is it four years, five years? I'm going to let you know the first 10 games into the season, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a wait and see. <laughs> you need a start, man. You need uh, yeah. a start. Oh, this, yeah. this group needs a start. Uh, it needs consistent goaltending. Uh, yes, you need one to be stolen every once in a while, but you need consistent goaltending. I think you've got the firepower there that you can put pucks in the net. So, um, you know, just consistent goaltending. Yeah, consistent, yeah. solid. Um, and I guess that's that's a big question for everyone. But but you know if you look down this stretch with him, you know he's coming off some pretty big numbers down the stretch. So here's a guy that's feeling good about himself. Now you're looking at a tandem with Forsberg. There's they know each other. You, you know that's that's a good thing. They can push one another. But again, I, I think the biggest piece here is the start. And so yep. for a goaltender too, you get a good start. The fan base is is in it. Um, the community's in it. You're feeling good about yourself. The team's feeling good about themselves because I don't think there's anything that could make a goalie or this team more anxious is that a bad one, right? Ooh, because yeah. you know what's happened the last two seasons. And, and now these guys are getting older. They're maturing. Um, like you mentioned, you know, you've got Stutzler there. I love him at center. I, I got to say the best, no, not the best thing. You never want to see injuries, but I don't know if he ever would have been put in the middle had you not had those yep. series of injuries. So, yeah. you know, how a misfortune creates an opportunity. I think it was a great opportunity to see him there because he can go east, west, north, south now. He's just not pigeonholed to north, south. Um, so for me, they're all maturing. Yeah. So I think their possession, their reads, all of that's going to grow. So it's time. Like it is time. Let's face it, guys. This meaningful hockey word, that's that's, that's <laughs> no, right? no, no. Like that's bullshit, right? <laughs> Sorry, pardon me. Right? Like we that's like, no one wants to hear it anymore, right? Yeah. They, they should, so again, Cheryl, is it playoffs it. playoffs or bust for this group? <sighs> yes. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Meaningful yeah. games. Like because you're there. Right now, you're there on paper. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. And and, and it's yeah. a, that's a tough Atlantic Division. Yeah. It's a, and that is that is the one question mark, right? It is a tough, tough division. But this is you know you this is why you play. You battle game in, game out. Like there's no freebies anymore. Like you got to come to play, and it's hard. It's hard to bring it. You know the grind of of any schedule and it's a tough schedule. So again, it, you know, it is those habits and you're not going to have it at all times, but when you have structure in your D zone and, I, and you have creativity in the offensive zone, I think this is a team that has to, to choose to, to possess that thing and, um, and, and, and make a difference there. Uh, so again, I'm, I'm looking at a team that absolutely, I mean, I said they, they were going to be a wild card last year. I said, I thought that they were going to grab the wild card last year. So, it, you know, I think that they should push for the playoff spot. They should, for them, the fan base, yep. they'll be extremely disappointed if it doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm with uh, you. Agreed. I'm with yeah. you all the way. Uh, last question before I want to move on to uh, the new PWHL, and that is, uh, is Tim Stutzler, for you, one of the top five most exciting players in the league to watch? Whoa. Well, for, uh, Just to watch. I love watching him. Um, because I get, I, I'm fortunate that I do predominantly 
the Senators games. And of course, I mean, Connor McDavid is unbelievable and you know, although, and you know what you're getting, but with Tim Stutz, like we, just, we don't, we don't know that ceiling, you know, we don't know like, what's he going to do next. And, yeah, and the area yeah. of the game that I thought he improved in this year versus last was moving it a bit earlier when the time presented itself. You know, sometimes he, he the, I thought the play would die on his stick because of the extra play or the extra move. This guy can open up space. He can shoot the puck. He's physical. He, he's got that uh, the bite to him, right? Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to take any crap. Uh, you know, I, I just, I love watching him play because of his creativity and his dynamic uh, movement on the ice. And so I think as he grows and matures and continues to, you know, change the speed, um, you know, pull back to create the openings a little more, like all of those things. Uh, I, I, I'm just the world, you know, he had 90 points last season. So what's it going to yeah. be this year? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think playing with the lineup that you have, whether it's Tarasenko, I'd probably leave. I, I have to massage that a little bit, um, but you know, he's wait, wait, the what? power play numbers, power play numbers. Um, you know, like I think there's, the, the world is his right now and uh, he's earned it. He works hard. And again, like I said, I, I really enjoy him in the middle, like watching him in the middle versus, versus yeah. the wing. And of course he needs work in the dot, but he's got your for that. Yep. So wait, you wouldn't put Tarasenko with him. I don't know. I, I got to listen guys. I took the summer off. I've, I've got the lineup. In front of me. I got massage. I got to figure out, you know, what I think about a sniper. I think about, is it too much puck on one line? Is it, you know, all of those different elements. I mean, he's a sniper, right? But again, I think there's, there's things that need to be looked at because chemistry matters. Um, yeah. And so you have to figure that out, right? I'm there's, just, there's, yeah. there's, chemistry matters on a line. Well, yeah, and you know, tendencies. And every top would, six, every top six is going to change on the fly all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I can't, we can I'm, lock I, them in wherever, wherever we want York. It doesn't I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm fascinated to see who's going on first for the power play. I <laughs> like know. There's so many guys. There's so many guys and it, it, which is, which is a great problem to have, right? What were you eighth in the NHL last year in around 23%? I think they were, in they were good. I yeah, they were good. remember. I think that was what, where it was in but, around there. Um, so, you know, you've got, you know, you've got the talent, the shooters and, and what you want on a power play is the layers more than one option, Mm -hmm. right? So you keep, you keep the PK guessing. And so that's, that's the big thing for me is, is, you you know, you have, you have a couple options, um, that are real, real threats, whether they're shooting threats, whether you work at high, whether you work at low. Um, and that's where, I mean, the the danger and the potency of of these units, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, 23.5. They were eighth. Okay. Uh, also like to point out, because people are going to yell at us, Jonas Corpusello has a five-year deal at $4 million yeah. per season. Five okay. years, yeah. Yep. So we're, we're moving on. Uh, and something near and dear to your heart. The, uh, finally, it looks like we now have a unified professional women's hockey league that was announced. Ottawa being one of the top six, if people haven't been paying attention. Uh, Toronto, Montreal, along with Boston, New York, and Minnesota. Um, Cheryl, can you put this in perspective? We've heard of women's hockey pro players before. This is different. Oh, guys, it's so different. We've been waiting for this. Honestly, this is like... I said to someone, I looked up at the, the stars, and I just went, yes... <laughs> because for so long we talked about what it would look like. And for so long, these athletes haven't had an opportunity to play day in and day out and have it be their profession. And so now that they have an opportunity and the resources to train together, which is a huge one, they have a CBA, um, and grow the game and have it be visible have it build a brand in the community and give it an opportunity to be successful. And so for me, I am happy. I'm thrilled it went to Ottawa. And, you know, I, I've had questions around the different teams uh, and the locations that were chosen. But I think the fan base is very passionate. And, and when you look at the corridor of the female game, uh, you look at Canada, you know, you look all the way into Toronto, you Montreal, that whole corridor, um, Gatineau, like that whole corridor is hockey hot in women's hockey. And so you're going to see the best athletes in the world in the females game play against one another. So this is a best on best league. Mm -hmm. And how often this is, this is coveted. It's best on best. And so now, you know, I coach female hockey. These women have an opportunity to watch these other women play. Um, they have something to strive for. You know, you don't just have to hang up your skates after college or, you know, whenever that may be when you're in your prime. And so I think this is just going to foster the development. I think it's going to foster registration numbers at grassroots levels. And it's been a long time coming, guys. Um, and I'm real proud of this moment, uh, proud of all of sort of the alumni, like some of the, the Angela James of the world and the Geraldine right. Keenies and Cami Granados, who, who had the courage and a vision to just just play because they loved it. And now we see it happen. So to me, I mean, I can't really put it into words because I couldn't do it justice. Yeah. Cheryl, pretty smart too, the way they're doing it. Like I, I like with a little less games, supply and demand, make, yeah. make the people like that restaurant that's always busy. You want to get in, right? So I, I think this is very smart to go with a smaller schedule yeah. and start off like that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree. And I also think the venues are important for these women. So, you know, they're, they're not necessarily going to be in, you know, in, in how home, their home may not be in an NHL facility. 
but yeah. enough 3,500, 5,000 seaters, you know, get, get the vibe going in there, yeah. you know, yeah. get the vibe going. And then they'll have neutral sites where they may have a double header with an NHL affiliated team or, or a high marquee event, if you will, like the all-star game or the winter classic. And so, you know, now all of a sudden the eyes are on them in a different light and utilizing the platform that that provides. So I like that there will be offsite or neutral site games, but in terms of their home games, they are at these venues where people can come in and you hear, you hear the energy in the building and the vibe because a lot about, the game is our fan experience, right? So when you walk into a building and whether it's World Juniors, like it's a lot different when it's in Halifax in terms of the environment and the setting versus when it's in Europe, you know, it it, it just is, it's different. And so I think that in order to grow the game, it has to be marketed in a way in which the people who come in don't just see the hockey, but they see the energy that it's providing. And so for me, the, the venues are really important too. Absolutely. Uh, do you worry about attendance right away or after the first initial surge? So what you need is people to finally support this, right? Everybody's been asking to get behind it. And so now we need to see people get behind it. Is there at all a concern uh, about maybe how long it's going to take to make this profitable? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I played female hockey for years and I remember my first world championship in Lake Placid. I could look out and say, Oh, there's my parents. Hi. Hi <laughs> How you doing? I know where you're sitting. I know we're playing the United States for the gold medal. Love you. You know, like it, that's, that's just a reality. My last one in my last world championship in 07 standing room was gone in Winnipeg. So, you know, I, it does take time to build your brand. I do think there's a lot of momentum right now, but people still got to buy a ticket. They got to buy the ticket and, and get in the building. Uh, And I think that's going to take a little bit of time. I think there's initially going to be an excitement around it. So the first few games could certainly, you could see that sort of, you know, the buildings be a little bit fuller, but it's about brand too. I think, you know, being strategic about some of the players you have in those communities to build around as well. It's important to have a brand, you know, and, you know, Brady Kachuk and Stutzler are playing road hockey with the kids outside, you know, in the driveways. Yes. What that does, it galvanizes a community and they want to cheer for you. And I think that there are a lot of women, you know, that will do these types of things and galvanize community, but the brand around them too, right? Sarah Nurse yep. is in Toronto, not only an amazing hockey player, but they already, like the, the city knows her already. So they're the interest level around it, the marketing. So I think there's, there's those elements as well. Because we wanted these names to become household names for the viewers that enjoy that game. Uh, right. And so that's our job, you know, as, as media to, yeah. to bring them to light as well. And so that little girls, little boys, whoever you are um, that want to watch, they have that opportunity. And it's interesting. I said something to my kids, like they watch the NHL um, and now they have the opportunity to, to, to watch the women. And what I love about it is that they have a choice who they're going to want, you know, who's going to be their favorite player, right? So if their favorite player is Brady Kachuk because, you know, they just love the way he is and, you know, his spiciness and below the goal line because I'm always pointing out different things about different athletes for them, you know, or that it, it, it might be Aaron Ambrose or Emily Clark, Jamie Lee Rattray. So it, it's a choice. And so what I love about that is now there's an opportunity for them to watch both and have a choice. And um, I, I'm really excited about it. I'm not going to lie. Hopefully get to do some of the games and uh, <laughs> it'd be great to be able to come to Ottawa and do them. I know when the rivalry series was in Ottawa, it was incredible. 
in terms yes. of, you know, it was full and there was energy and, uh, yeah. So looking there's, forward to there's it. tons of support for women's hockey in Ottawa, without question. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, yeah. what's, uh, Wally, what's, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. I know in Ottawa, they're talking about potentially a TD place. What building are they yeah. talking about using in Toronto? Is that they they've only announced Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I, yeah, know, they, I don't know the venue that they're they're going to use uh, yet. Um, I mm. think they will be at Madame a little bit. Um, okay. You know, but again, because of the neutral site games, yeah. I think with the Leafs, it'll it'll be interesting to see where those neutral site games go. Twelve yeah. home, twelve away. Um, and yeah. the the schedule will increase uh, next year, um, and we'll start earlier. But because of the um, you know everything around. Um, you know, ratifying the CBA and, and making sure that it was all a go, they decided that the January start was best. Uh, by the way, lots of people in the chat would like you to be the D coach for the Ottawa Senators. So if you don't have anything else to do with your time, uh, you're more than welcome to come to Ottawa. Um, awesome. Cheryl, we appreciate your time as always. Enjoy these chats. And so we look forward to maybe getting to do this again as the season gets underway and the Sens are off to a 11-0 start. Yeah, you know what? We, we'd love to hear that because when you get to work these games, it's much more enjoyable too. <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, girl. Uh, awesome. Take care. Thanks, guys. Have a great Have rest a great of your summer. All right. Thank See you so much. There goes Cheryl Pounder, who does a fantastic wow. job on the TSM broadcast. Uh, uh, she's fantastic. Yes. She's very good. Yeah, very, yeah, very, very I, I, I truly believe she's one of the best voices to be an analyst in uh, hockey in North yeah. America without question. Smart, smart, knows her stuff, knows the yep. game. Well, well spoken. And paid her dues. I yeah, should right? get her as my one of my co-hosts. Um, I've never, I've never really crossed paths with her. That's the first time I've actually had more than a two-second conversation. Yeah, 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 I yeah. think so. Cheryl, it was, Cheryl's, yeah, Cheryl's great. She's um, good. Unbelievable. Uh, okay, boys. Uh, NFL starting. Uh, we had a few things to chat about here before we go. So one, uh, let's get to our ad reads, shall we? And let me just get through this. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as minutes. always. Yeah, our show proudly presented by Botano. Go to botano.ca, download the app, uh, and have the amazing world of sports always with you at Botano. Hundreds of live betting options, also live in-game betting and the most competitive odds in the market. Botano, the game starts now. Now, if you go there, you can see something else. They have this thing called 17 points. If your team is ahead by 17 points in an NFL or CFL game, then you've already won. If your team is you picked to win is 17 points ahead any time during the game, your bet will be settled as one, even if the opposing team eventually manages to win the game. So just go in. Uh, terms and conditions apply, obviously, but go check it out. Uh, it's with 17 points ahead football. And that leads us to our pick of the day, our lock of the day, I should say, as the NFL gets underway. NFL starts tonight. The defending champs are taking on the Detroit uh, Lions. So, Bob, you're the resident NFL expert. Uh, who are you going to take? Um, man, I've, I've struggled with this one. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of it and the strides that they made last year. Like I like them, but it's, you just don't, you don't, you don't Patrick Mahomes at home after what they're, they consider their banner raising, right? Their, their little mm -hmm. celebration. There's not going to be a lull. Um, um, I don't Travis Kelsey's playing, so that does change things for me, but I, I'm taking Kansas City. If you're only giving up three and a half, I have, I have to take them. Mahomes at home, game of the season, he's going to go off. It's only three and a half. Well, and Kelsey's in. I thought he was hurt. We just did our fantasy draft last night, and they said he did was he in. in. Yeah, he'll be 
I'll take it easy with him. But this, man, Detroit's a lot better. Like people, people are yeah. picking playoffs, and a couple teams keep couple couple people in a game or two. Um, I like them. They found a way to be be in every game, but they always fucked up in the last up in the last. Yeah. Like they lost the game on three call play calls, so they were right there, right there. But I can't take. I'm. Not, I never bet against Pat Mahomes because he could go off for 50 fantasy points. Yeah. He go off for 400 yards anytime he really, really feels like it. You know. Yeah. Especially yeah. after watching that series quarterback, the prep this guy does on a week in and week out. Like everybody Nuts. thinks. Everybody just thinks he's this freak athlete that throws sidearm because he's just good at it. Like I was. Did you watch? Did you get Wally? Have you oh, seen yeah. that series quarterback? Yes. I it's have not. Awesome. Yeah. I have one episode it's, left, it's, I think. It's, but it's you know what? The, um, I didn't like uh, the Atlanta Falcon quarterback. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mahone's wife. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, Mariota. I, yes, Marcus Mariota. <laughs> really? Hey, like, okay. Uh, they must have paid him a lot of money to do that because like, I'm watching it with my wife and she's like, what a loser. Like, they, just <laughs> yes. they portrayed him as such a down in the dumps guy. Yes. Like, kind of did. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, he but he didn't do anything to actually make you think otherwise. No, he's kind I of. Know, but yeah. it was like, w- wouldn't all three of those guys have sign off on all the content that was no. put on? And, and and you're watching no. that, and I and I'm Mariota. I'm like, you're gonna put that on about me? So Jeez. at the beginning of the, so here's what probably happened with this one. At the beginning, you signed a contract of what is and isn't going to happen, or whatever, and you agreed to it. And then oh. once the re- recording starts, you don't get a say. I don't know. I get. I guarantee so no, no Mahomes must Mahomes must have got to watch that because that depends it was, if it's in the deal. It was, like, it, it was perfect for him. Like he he was like anyone. Yeah, but that's like, but that's who he is. Yeah, yeah. Like he is a marketing machine. Either. Yeah, he's just that guy. Um, Cousins was great too in there. Oh, I actually I wanted to dislike him, and I found myself on towards right. But it's amazing. But it's amazing how those two guys did. And then Mariota is like, "No, I'm just home in Vegas. Teams hanging in yep. there." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so hey, yeah, I, I t- totally. And like, he got another job. Somebody resigned him. Like he's yeah, uh, he's really, But you know what? Nonetheless, that's my lock. Kansas City minus three and a half. Three and a half, and I'll be winning. Yeah. Okay. I'm and so, it. what about the uh, over under? I think it's fifty three and a half. Ooh. I'm taking the uh, you know uh, you know what week little skitty. Uh, uh, I'm taking the under. Okay. I'll um, go Casey over. Casey over. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I, it, it, I'm excited for it to start. The uh, NFL season is always exciting. Uh, also, if you're uh, not busy tomorrow night and you're in Ottawa, the Red Blacks play. They handle the Ticats. The end of summer bash, they're calling it. I'll be there, so make sure you show up. Uh, one other thing I forgot. Uh, our other, BEI. <laughs> so excited to get to the NFL today. Uh <laughs> This show proudly presented by BEI, Bonisher Excavating Inc. Uh, by the way, they are hiring. They also do equipment rentals, aggregate and topsoil sales, custom crushing and screening. Uh, check them out for all your aggregate needs. 613-432-1120, BonisherExcavating.com. They are helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. And Bobby? Construction zones. <laughs> <laughs> slow, it, right. slow it down. You nailed it. Uh, you nailed so it. we will we will see you uh, next week as training camp draws near. Hopefully, Shane Pinto news is around the corner, but I'm not too can, uh, excited about that. I think they. Yeah. I think this one goes into camp, if not the start of the season. I think so too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so too. Okay, I'm off to find uh, Jake Sanderson and see if he'll buy me lunch. Uh, <laughs> 
See everybody. I got, take I, got care. About, I got about three minutes to get out of my house. The real estate agents are all, I can hear yeah. them all around. So broker, don't San, wish me well, tell, guys. Tell, tell, Sandy I got, tell Sandy I got a nice house for him. <laughs> See you, boys. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Coming in Hot is brought to you by Botano.ca. Please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel to never miss an episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.